G'day, I'm Darren Oki. I'm Simon West. Welcome to the Aussie Wine Chat podcast series where we talk global distribution and sales with an Aussie perspective. And an Aussie accent. G'day, Simon. G'day, Darren. We're back after a big break. Yeah, I don't know what to do anymore. It, it's it, <laughs> it's funny. It's funny we've had the big break and now we're we're launching, we're kicking back off just before Christmas. So um, anyway, that's the way it fell. That's right. And of course, today you get to introduce a couple of fantastic guests for us. I do. We- I, I hate to, can I just break in? Literally, there's a builder at my door. <laughs> go, go, go. We're, keep, we're keeping this in, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so, so sorry about that. It's <laughs> all right. That's it. We're going to leave it in, Angus. Bad luck. Uh, and, and not only and that, so, I'm not used to. A bit earlier, a plane came over. I haven't had to heard of like. I mean, as as Andrew knows, I pretty much live at Terminal Four of Sydney Airport, yeah. um, and I just forgot that I needed to bloody close windows and doors. I haven't had to do it for so long. Yeah, I, did, I got a I got a nail gun out here. I got someone building, and uh, oh, and good. I just I check the floors. Yeah, good. good. <laughs> okay, okay. I apologise again. It won't happen again. No right. Okay. That's okay. No problems at all. Um, today, Simon. G'day, Darren. Take two. We're back. <laughs> We're back. We're back. It's been a while. Our, our guest has recovered from a, a sudden building visit, a sudden builder visit, and here we are ready to go. Ready to go. So we've, we've, got, we've got two guests today, Darren. We have Andrew Kayard and Angus Hewson, and uh, I'm pretty excited to talk about a couple of little projects they've been working on and and how it, how it relates to the industry, really, into the wineries. And uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be very, very interesting. So I might just kick straight into uh, a little bit of a, a bio intro and being the good uh, professional wine communicators they are, they've given me a really nice little rundown of themselves. So Andrew Kayard, MW, is internationally recognised Master of Wine with significant auction, retail and new product development knowledge. Uh, he's also the author of several books, including six editions of Penfold's The Rewards of Patience, freelance writer, filmmaker, filmmaker, I didn't realise that, Andrew, painter and international wine judge. Angus Angus Hewson is a journalist, publisher, and wine critic with regular columns in the Australian, the Gourmet Wine uh, Traveller Wines, as well as being founder of Wine Pilot, along with Andrew as well, I believe. Is that correct? I uh, know. And no, Wine Pilot's just me. There you go. Sorry about that. That's all right. So what we're here to talk about today is the Vintage Journal, which has recently launched, and also we'll finish off on the Australian Arc, which I find quite fascinating, a little bit of a fascinating project there. So... Uh, let's roll straight into it. Welcome to the both of you. Thank you. Thanks for having us, Simon and Darren. It's lovely to be here. Yeah. Well, why don't we start off? Why don't we kick off and and start talking about the Vintage Journal and and what that's all about and uh, and how long that's been up and running for? I mean, I'll start. I mean, I think the Vintage Journal. Andrew and I have been, I guess, friends for a number of years um, and worked together a little bit on a number of projects. And I guess about six months ago, um, during Sydney lockdown. Um, we, we we had a bit of a chat. We we found that we were actually fairly well aligned on, I guess, how we see the the media space. I guess the modern media space. In that um, there is a, you know, our current media offerings. You know, they are they're good, but we we felt that there were some, I guess, some missing places there as well. And there was and there was some opportunity. Um, and particularly, I think in the you know in the really fine wine space. I mean, you think about Italian wines, you think about French wines, you know, American wines. There are fantastic publications that really go deep in the weeds 
and allow, you know, fine wine consumers from around the world to really, you know, entertain themselves and get a deeper understanding of, of products and, and Australian wine, you know, has some, has some fantastic writers and has some fantastic publications, but we just felt that there was, there was potentially greater reach there, essentially. Um, Andrew was kind of was changing work circumstances and his, he, he suddenly had more, essentially more time to devote to projects that he felt very passionate about, including fine wine in Australia. And so we, um, you know, fairly quickly, to be honest, uh, decided that this was something that, you know, was something that both of us were very passionate about in terms of telling fine wine stories really to a global audience. And I, and, you know, my, I guess my kind of technical experience with, you know, I helped found Cracker Wines back in, you know, 2010 and I ran e-commerce at Aldi and, you know, I've done a whole bunch of different things in the tech space as well as being a wine writer. It just was a dovetail really nicely with, you know, Andrew's, you know, fantastic ability to create, you know, beautiful content, really tell stories. And, um, you know, we, we've started on a little bit of a shoestring budget, essentially, uh, but we've already got you know, a number of, you know, some of Australia's best wineries absolutely showing an interest in in what we're doing it's it's also a really different model in that we we are actually trying to create a community as much as we are a a fine wine resource so we you know and and part of that will be you know an app that we'll, we'll be launching early in the new year where people will essentially they will have andrew literally in obviously a very big pocket but they'll have they'll have andrew in their pocket essentially you know on an app and they'll be able to see what's andrew tasted recently what's andrew's opinions um, you know, delivered, you know, directly to their phone um, as opposed to having to log into a website. And, and the content actually will allow people to, to comment as well. We, we want to create a fine wine conversation. It's not, a, it's not a model of like, we are the overlords, we are the wine Jedis and, and we say what goes. It's really, a, it's more a fine wine conversation. Excellent. So, so Angus, what is Australian fine wine? Look, I think... Um, you know, I, for me personally, and Andrew, I'm sure we'll have lots to say about this. Um, I think that a fine wine is a is a is a quality wine. It doesn't need to be a. We're not talking about Hill of Grace and Grange only by any means. We are talking about wines that reflect the place and time where they were made. To be honest, um, with some with some quality aspirations at, at the same time, um, I think. And and I, I actually think Australian fine wine has never been greater. And I, I don't have anywhere near the experience that Andrew has clearly, and, and he can obviously talk to this with his long kind of auctioning experience, but I just think the, the depth of fine wine, the, the width of fine wine, the amount of fine wine producers, um, really we're seeing some fantastic wines made in Australia now. Oh, and that's, is that, ah, excuse me. That, oh, sorry. Decline. <laughs> Angus, is that the, is that the builder again? <laughs> no, that's one of my writers. That's David Stevens Castro. Oh, okay. Who's <laughs> very nice. Um, but uh, yes, I think you know. Should I? How about? Do you want to ask that question again? No, Karen, no, 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 no. I can. Yeah, I can talk about the fine fine wine. You know, okay. For me, fine wine is 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 about, is conversation wine. I mean, it's really as simple as that. You know, wine that that um, that stimulates a, a conversation. You know, when you're talking, you know, kind of around a table, and uh, you know, you're appreciating mm -hmm. wine. Uh, and I think that's the big distinction between commercial wine and fine wine. You know, you you know, people who drink, um, you know, kind of commercial wine, it's just kind of lugging it back, and and um, yeah, it can be delicious, of course. But uh, I think fine wine just has another 
uh, kind of dimension. And a part of that also is the story behind those wines and, you know, why that wine exists and what it represents and all of that kind of stuff. And of course, the average uh, consumer is not really interested in that kind of stuff. They go and buy this Sab Blanc, as they call it, or whatever it might be. And they, you know, they kind of knock it back. They don't care. But there are a lot of people who do care. And particularly the wine trade, um, and wineries, you know, we have ded dedicating their lives because most for most of us being in wine is a vocation. I mean, if, if you go, if you really want to go out and make money, the last thing you want to do is get involved in wine. I mean, it's a it's a terrible way to make a living, but we all do it because it's a fantastic way of, of living. And the people who generally are in, in in the wine business are really decent, really lovely people who are doing things because they want to, you know, they they want to have a kind of very meaningful and deep lives. And I think that's that's the whole you know kind of thing that I I feel you know about you know kind of fine wine generally is it it kind of captures those ambitions and and you know and and aspirations and and the history and you know the generations of effort that come behind what's happening and I think uh, you know particularly for Australian wine I think that a lot of the wine trade have forgotten uh, um, Australian wine history and. Um, and, and that's largely because we live in this very ephemeral um, era where tasting notes are kind of the main thing and scores are the main thing. Um, that's what sells wine. And, you know, marketing has a tendency um, to exaggerate. You know, I always I always call marketing, you know, a lie steeped into the truth. And the, and the problem is, is a lot of those lies have become, you know, which are, um, have become mythologized or mythology and they're not truth. And then and then you hear all these kind of stories about Australian wine and then it's simply not true. Mm. And so I think this, you know, this whole thing about the vintage journal and it is, you know, kind of, um, you know, kind of there is an aspiration for it is for it not to be just ephemeral. I'm writing, you know, tasting notes and stuff like that because that's the, the currency of which wineries can sell and, and um, you know, kind of, you know, kind of get people interested in their wines. But the stuff that I'm really, really interested in is, is the, the histories and the stories and the motivation and the people behind the wines themselves. Yeah. So, so, so this sorry. is... Hey, go sorry, go sorry. No, so what this means is that... Um, that the journal, the vintage journal, is actually for a, a lot of Australian wine producers. In fact, probably most Australian wine producers should be taking an interest in this because most of them are speaking about place and history and storied wines, aren't they? Yeah, totally. And I think that's you know that that's what it's what it's aimed for. I mean, it's it's aimed at interested wine collectors. You know, I come from an auction background, you know, with a, you know, kind of with a Langton's, you know, kind of thing. And, and, uh, and we always were involved in building up, you know, Australia's fine wine agenda for many, many years. And, uh, and we were talking about things that, uh, um, you know, that um, other people in the wine trade weren't talking about, you know, 20 years ago. I mean, you know, uh, you know, things that, um, you know, like single vineyard wines are going to be the big thing of the future. I mean, you know, I remember being in, in a discussion in the Barossa Valley where, you know, one person said, oh, no, that's a load of rubbish. You can't make single uh, vineyard wines in the Barossa. I remember that distinctly being said to me 25 years ago. And of course, that's all rubbish. Um, you know, and and, you know, so I think that this vintage journal kind of thing, I'm, what I'm hoping will um, just 
attracts people to think a little bit more about their wine history and um, you know where we come from, because a lot of things you can learn from where we can't come from, it, it gives an idea about where we can go into the future. You know, so for instance, we're in this real bind at the moment, um, China, COVID, all of these things, you know, and, you know, and a government, um, you know, you know, doing doing its, um, you know, kind of best to kind of derail, you know, kind of export markets for Australian wine. Um, but we won't go there um, too deeply. Um, but the thing is, we've been here before. We've been here before in the 1930s. And, um, you know, Australia actually forbade, um, you know, you know, embargoed uh, Japan coal exports in the, in the 1930s. Everyone was very worried about the aggression there and all that kind of stuff. And we've been through pandemics before. We've had problems with, you know, like phylloxera, for instance, you know, was one of the key agendas for federation, you know, in the discussions of federation in the, in, in the 1880s. And, um, you know, so there are lots of these kind of things that are just kind of fascinating. And if you go into the history, you can actually start plotting your way out of, you know, this kind of mess we're in right now and really be quite optimistic about the future. And I think that's what history can do. I, I like it, Andrew, because it, it sort of loops right back to what really this whole podcast series talks about. And it gets back to telling your story properly and, yes. and doing a good job of it. And that's exactly what you're saying there. Um, it's really important. Hey, Angus, can I ask a very quick question? So briefly, can you describe the user experience on this platform, what you would expect the user to, to come in, you know, looking like and, and leaving with? How would that how would that look? Absolutely. So we have, we've basically got, we've got, I guess it's a bit of a front door, I guess, website, um, which leads into a content platform, essentially. So the front door is essentially where people can log in or they can, you know, see basically what, what we do and what we're about. And then they, they need to decide to, you know, to sign up essentially and log in. It's not just like a, a wine pilot where you can just surf in and surf out and you don't have to tell us who you are. It's not, it's not, it's not, it's not we necessarily want to know who people are, but if people are commenting, we need to know that they're valid and they're, and they're real comments essentially. But we also want to have a stickier relationship, you know, with people. So when people essentially, then they, once they've logged in, they essentially get, it's, it, it works actually a lot like Facebook. So essentially it starts with a feed and that's a feed of all Andrew's, I guess, you know, latest content, whether it's tasting notes, whether it's an excerpt from the book, whether it's an ebook that we've just published. For example, we've got the whole rewards of patience. You can access an ebook from our from our um, website, essentially. And, and we we already have plans to add a whole bunch of ebooks for wineries at the same time. So there's there's sections for stories, sections for um, tasting notes, sections for history, um, sections for, I think, you know, Andrew's opinion pieces, essentially. Um, and so there's a feed, there's a general feed, but then within that feed, people can then choose to go to a certain group, which is just tasting notes. It's, you know, it's just opinion pieces and that kind of thing. Um, everything we've got, we've got imagery that goes with all those things. Then you can, you can like, you know, different stories. You can, uh, but then you can start following people within there. So Peter Gago, Vanya Cullen, et cetera, et cetera. You can actually search for those people and follow them. So when they comment on something, you will be told about it. So it's, it's, it's a fight. It's Facebook in, in many ways about, and, and look, that, that kind of functionality is very slow. You know, momentum for those things is very slow to build. Um, but that's really what we want is to people can follow people that they like 
essentially. And they can, and hopefully in the future, there'll be, you know, groups of people who arrange to meet up and, and have a drink, you know, that, that, and we will help them do that essentially. Um, and they found that they are, have a similar fine wine interest or an interest in specific products. Excellent. I, I found just just logging in that it felt very community. Uh, there's very much a community feel. You could see everyone there, and I was like, "Oh wow, look look who's there!" And so yeah, that's um, that's interesting, and it's free as well. Absolutely, and and that's what we are. I mean, Andrew and I, are, you know, very well aligned on this. Is the fact that we think that copy once it's written, it should be free for all. It should not be be hidden behind a paywall. It should not be at you know anyone you know hidden away for you know to try and make more income you know content once it's written we want to we want to get content out there because the and then increase the use of that content you know allow that content to do its job which is sell wine basically yeah. and, to, and to tell stories and that's and that's what it's about and then the app essentially is just a exact reflection of that secondary website essentially yeah. um and and you know we'll use obviously you know daily note or weekly notification right here's five articles that andrew has written this week essentially and as a winery how do you how do you become a part of this what do you, what do you need to do look we are basically we are a, we're a content platform so we are basically for wineries like we've done so you know mosswood for example we've recently looked at all the mosswood wines andrew's written up probably a 300 word introduction 200 word introduction and then the tasting notes on i think it was about four or five wines that were recently seen so essentially um you know wineries essentially are you know paying us to create you know content um and we are interested in looking at winery sending us wines essentially wine winery sending andrew wines to have a look at um and they're not just going to be short pithy tasting notes you know that's that's a piece of what we do but Andrew is all about kind of knitting together a story around those products. So they are seen not as a single entity. They are seen as, you know, within a, might be a vintage story. It could be a new releases story. It could be a new product story. It could be a new winery story. The Love Over Gold Winery, for example, that's recently launched. Um, you know, we, we're really interested in, in seeing wines from all kinds of wineries. They don't need to be, you know, classified wineries. They don't need to be the best in Australia. And look, Andrew and I feel that, We've, you know, we've been in the commercial world more than writers. There's a lot of wineries that we haven't seen. There's a lot of wines that we haven't seen recently that are probably doing amazing wines that, that we just haven't had an opportunity. Andrew hasn't had an opportunity to. So we're really interested in seeing, you know, a range of product from, you know, people with fine wine aspirations, essentially. And that, and that material can be used outside of this platform as well. Yeah. So. Yeah, to, 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 totally. The whole point is, is that when you write the content that it can be used, you know, I've, being a wine producer for quite a while, I got really frustrated. You know, every time we had to use a tasting note or something from somebody else, we had to pay for it, you know. And so, you know, you have all these people who say, well, you know, about, you know, kind of being paid for content, but it's the same thing. But not only is it the same thing, it's restrictive. You know, the wine industry doesn't want to have um, that type of um, relationship. You know, if you've got a tasting notes and stuff like that. People want to feel free to use them. And so the modeling, you know, although, you know, there's some purists will say, well, that's, you know, all payola and everything like that. I can tell you, this is not the model that's going to, to make everyone, you know, kind of fabulously wealthy. You know, there's an awful lot of work that's, um, that's um, taken into account. And also you're not paying for my scores. You're just paying, um, you're paying for the time. And it's not only my time, but as you well know, the management of a website and making sure it's, you know, kind of, you know, looking good, the sourcing of photographs and stuff like that, we actually have to pay people. 
And so, um, you know, so they, so the model is to, is in my view, what needs to be done. I mean, it's a very modern one, um, but the, I don't think there's any conflicts of interest. And my view is if a wine's not very good, I'll tell them, but I just, you know, and, and but I'm not going to publish a wine um, that I think is rubbish and make a big point about it. Cause I know what happens when that happens, you get sued and you get, you know, you go through all the kind of defamation kind of thing. And I don't ever want to go through it again. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I mean, the free, you, you look at, I think wine is seen by a lot of people as an elitist beverage, you know, let's, let's be honest because they want to, they, they go to Dan's, or we're all vintage sellers and they and they go right i want to look at this wine i can't find information about it because it's hidden away by these wine yeah. people mm. like we we as an industry need to make it easy for consumers to access quality information like it, it's that simple and Under not only that angus second to that um darren and i've been working on some projects with um accessing some new export markets or own existing export markets and there's a real lack of solid material that we can use, even to pitch to importers. Um, you know, it's 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 not just the consumers. The importers want this as well, and they want to pass it on to the retailers, and they want an easy story to tell that's interesting, that has a unique point of difference, that has something that uh, has potentially been uncovered. So, and and like you said, there's a lot of wineries out there that that um, you haven't heard of, I haven't heard of, and that's the beauty of wine as well. We discover these things, but you've got to get your story right. Yeah. And we and I think also quality of content is key. Like Absolutely. really, like we are, especially, you know, we are in some ways we're a trade platform. Okay. When you are speaking to a guy and you know, a, a multinational importer in the Benelux countries <clears throat> who who sells a container of wine a week or a day, he doesn't want some little tasting note talking about, you know, red cherries and leather. And he wants to know. I, he, I also sell Fijiac and I sell Latour and I sell XYZ. How do these, do these Australian, I mean, let's be honest, if, if our wines are going to be judged in the glass, they are as good as the great wines of the world. If they're to be judged by the content that we put around them, they really sound, <laughs> third, they sound third rate. Okay. Yeah, because, not- because the writing and, you know, and I'm, let's be honest, I'm as guilty as, I'm as guilty of anyone of this as anyone. Like I'm, I'm happy to put my hand up to that. But at the same time, you know, academic rich deep meaningful content is what gets trade excited it's what gets trade on board and they will then tell those stories down and that will filter down and once it gets to the bottom end consumer it will be dumbed down and that's fine but if we want australia to really have its its deserved position as a really great fine wine nation which is the equal of france italy spain you know usa then we people need to be able to hold up a Jancis Robinson style kind of you know model of content of rich content and go wow that sounds great and that's we right. our aspirations are they are not they are not lowbrow they're not elitist at all but they are absolutely about depth richness character personality not making things up not pithy little short tasting notes that are good for selling in a supermarket actually telling the big picture stories so so i want to um i've got a wine um i have i have fine wine aspirations it's uh it's it's not a it's not a hundred dollar wine it's it's not a fifty dollar wine um what do i do i come to you and i say hey we've been making we're making this fantastic wine here's our story we'd love to have it reviewed is that the essence of what we do 
Absolutely. And and what do you literally, what do you want to hear from us? Do you want, do you want us to do a podcast? I mean, we haven't quite got that going yet, but you know, we're really, we are about a content platform. It's really tough, about, Angus. I wouldn't do it, mate. No. <laughs> Aussie <laughs> wine chat's open to helping out. Yeah, but I think like literally, what do you want to hear? Do you want someone to tell your your family story that you know that often people do have quite rich family stories of of how they've ended up with a property or that kind of thing? Is that what you want to tell? Pass just a tasting note. Like a tasting note is is good and has value, and we know distributors and retailers love them, and I certainly have in the past. But I think at the same time, what do people want to tell to the to an audience with it by an authoritative voice? that people look up to and recognise. I think sometimes people know what their selling point is. They just can't articulate it and they need someone professional to, to let it come out, let it flow. And, uh, and that's, that's where we're, we're really missing. There's, a, there's not, many, not many wineries get it right. And, and the other thing I was going to say is too, don't, don't rely on a retailer to get it right for you either because it's not going to happen. There's very few retailers around that can actually articulate what you're trying to say. So I would, I mean, I would also argue that, and it relates to what I said before about lots of wines we haven't seen recently. I think there are a lot of regions that make fantastic wines that they're not cool regions and they find it. And I'd speak to the winery owners and they're, they're incredibly frustrated because they see, uh, they see an elitism sometimes in the media that the same people get written up all the time. And sometimes it's the winery's fault because they're not getting their story out there and that kind of thing. But I think there are a lot of great characterful not necessarily cool wines but delicious wines that um have been forgotten and get missed and and we are we are just a pure you know when we're looking at wine we're not looking at it in terms of you know history and all that kind of thing and that's a part of it we're looking at what's in the glass and um you know what can this wine meet for mean for the person who's going to drink it whether they are a middle-aged guy who lives in Hobart who, you know, doesn't really care for wine or is it in some, you know, London, Soho, cool hip wine bar? You know, there's different wines for different people. And, you know, Andrew certainly has the skills and we have the desire to, to find the right wines for the right people, essentially, with a broad commercial understanding of that's not one style, that's a whole range of styles. So, so here's, a, here's a really commercial question. Do I also get a score for my wine? Well, I can answer that one. And the answer, mm. the answer is yes, but I'm not giving, we don't give scores out, you know, to, um, you know, they, they, we go to a pr- protocol with it. So as I was saying to you, you know, if the wines are not particularly good. Um, the feedback will go back to the winery um, and just basically saying, we don't think the wines are good enough and then we won't publish. So I think, you know, there is a standard that comes in there. We're not out there, you know, kind of guns for hire. That's not what the model is. The model is about um, is being able to finance what we're doing um, and to do it properly. And I think it's the best way. And especially, you know, I'm a bit older than Angus. You know, I don't want to spend the next 10 years building up a subscription model because it doesn't make sense for me. Um, you know, I think we're much better off, uh, you know, just doing it the way we're doing it and i think it is the way to go i think that i think even the, the the models that currently exist are so compromising really i think the wine industry is not well served actually because um you know you need to have you, you know selling wine is all about currency and if you've got 
you know, kind of blockages in which you can't, you know, properly, you know, kind of, you know, um, publish those tasting notes because you've got to pay, you know, a 600 or $800, you know, kind of subscription fee every year because you're a winery. I mean, to me, that's just, that's just nuts. Um, and, and that's the reason why I don't want to do it. So just to finish off, before we go into the Australian arc uh, for the, for the oh, yeah. time of this conversation, the the vintage it's the vintagejournal.com.au is the website. Yes. How do they how do they make contact to to either of you or what 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 do the wineries need to do? Basically, they can they can just email me. Essentially, just Angus at the vintagejournal.com.au. Um, I believe there's I think there's a contact contact us um, link as well within the website. Um, yep. But yes, absolutely. Um, or Angus at winepart.com. Essentially, just contact us um, and and we will you know let them know you know essentially the you know, the service essentially that we offer. And I guess a really important part of, really important part of what we want to do too is just we are, we're an on-demand service, essentially. We want to help wineries by giving them the marketing collateral before it goes on the market, essentially. Yeah. So, for, so, so, for example, for Wednesday, um, Andrew was sent all the wines six weeks before Wednesday. And, and, and they had, you know, the, you know, they had all the scores they needed probably about three weeks before the wine went on sale, even when they were negotiating with, with, you know, large, large supermarkets about how much they were going to buy. They already had Andrew's scores right in front of them. Fantastic. So we are, we, we are literally here to not to, to be an on-demand service to help people provide that content when they need it, essentially, not just it comes in at a box and there's a million boxes and we just get around to it when we get around to it. Um, I think, the, you know, that, you know, that's how some of the other models have fallen over in the past. Yeah, I think you've come at a very opportune time too. Um, I think that would be fair to say in the wine industry. So that's awesome. The the second thing we quickly want to talk about was the Australian arc. Who, who would like to give us their pitch on that one? Um, this is this is really exciting. Yeah, well, I probably should talk about it to start off with, and then Angus can um, kind of kind of follow up on it. Um, this is a project I've been working on for a long, long time. Um, about uh, 15 years ago, I started uh, writing a book, which I was going to call Classic Wines of Australia. And it was kind of modelled on Max Lake's Classic Wines of Australia, which I thought was just one of the most wonderful books on Australian wine. Um, but I stopped because the business that I was involved with got uh, bought out by, by a supermarket group. And I found my world completely changing. But about five years ago, I, I, I started it again. Um, largely because I'd been thinking about, you know, the classification of Australian wine and, you know, what it meant and what it needed to be. And I felt that we'd really need to bring in this kind of historical context. And so I started, you know, kind of writing rather rapidly, actually. Um, and, um, you know, at the end of it, I felt really um, that it wasn't wasn't right it wasn't completed so i start i went back again and 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 started going through it in more finer detail and so over a four-year period really because um it kicked off um the first part um five years ago was really um a project a commercial project for langton's classification of australian wine and then now it's kind of and now it's you know kind of you know once that was all done um recalibrating and starting again and so for the last four years i've been working pretty solidly i mean almost all my free time for the last four years weekends nights traveling on airplanes and i, I have to say i'm the most lucid when i'm on a plane um writing and makes time go very quickly yeah but um uh 
I just I just kind of um, it's, it just became one of these kind of projects. It's just grown and grown and grown, and it's turned out to be you know over three hundred thousand words, which is equivalent to three volumes. And it's the whole. It's you know even with the three volumes, it's still you know kind of fragmented. And I you know I know it's not hundred percent complete. It never will. History never is. But it's pretty deep, you know, going in, you know, why um, we were talking about the transmission of Beinstock material, that podcast, which you can access on the vintage journal.com.au, um, you know, it's a four part series on on, you know, the transmission of grapevine material, which I think is absolutely bloody fantastic and fascinating. But it's all the all the people behind it. And, and many of you, you probably don't know this, but um, but I actually have it because of my accent and stuff. I've actually got a very, um, you know, kind of solid Australian history. I've, I've, I've got a South Australian background. My my my, um, you know, kind of uh, ancestors of the Rennells. So John Rennell was my great, great, great grandfather. And so Walter Rennell was my great, great grandfather. And Carew Rennell, who died at Gallipoli, was my great grandfather. So, you know, I have all these, you know, these this whole history kind of thing. And, you know, and I I grew up with that as a child, you know, um, and we used to call them the bloody Rennell family because, you know, they all died, you know, kind of fighting for their country and everything. And they were all very noble. They all died young. And we we kind of all had to kind of live through that. But um, I just find the whole, you know, kind of thing was just a very kind of emotional journey. And I just just kept on going. And so there's three volumes. It's the first volume is is from the 1700s, not 1788, because there were a lot of things that were happening, um, you know, and also how we how, you know, the kind of vine stock material that came in, you know, uh, and, and how it came in. You know, everyone, you know, talks about South Africa, you know, they talk about, you know, the Atlantic Islands like the Canary Islands and uh, Madeira, um, but they don't talk about England. And a lot of Einstock material came from England. And you go in more deeply, like, you know, James Busby picked up, you know, Einstock from Cyan House, which was the uh, seat of um, the Dukes of Northumberland. Why? And the reason why was because the Duke of Northumberland was, you know, he was in the war, American War of, uh, of Independence. And some of his, uh, you know, kind of people, staff that were, you know, kind of fought with him came out to Australia. And, uh, and so there was a connection with John MacArthur, uh, who um, and you know so you have all these kind of connections and the, the fascination for economic botany and wealth creation you know kind of um, was really you know pretty you know kind of full on so it kind of explores all of that going from the 1700s and right up to um, 1900 and then of course federation to 1982 and then using that horrible um, corporate word but it is effective it pivots um, from 1982 because that's when I arrived in Australia to live. And so it becomes a re it's it's history and recollection at the same time, but it's not a memoir or an autobiography. I wouldn't be as um, you know kind of um, presumptuous as that, but it does give a bit of uh, context. So you know I can you know I talk about some people and you know I talk, tell a little bit about what they're like, and um, and uh, hopefully I won't get in any defamation difficulties with that. Now, so, now hang on, hang yeah. on. I'm I'm excited about this now. I want to all of this history because I'm a I'm a bit of a wine history buff myself. Where can I get it? Okay, well, so the project, the project is, um, you know, the, 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 the narrative is written 
it's now getting it into publishing. And um, we recently came out of ca campaign. We're gonna, uh, the idea was to actually publish it in, you know, th through some um, some friends in, in the UK, but it all just got too difficult. And so um, this is where Angus comes in as well. And, and so we approached with a publisher in, in Sydney. We've come up with a plan. I've ra we've raised quite a lot of money already for it. We've raised $200,000 already for it. Um, which means that we can start the editorial process, which will take a year, because it's not just about doing spell check and stuff. It's also about doing fact check. Um, it's also about, um, you know, there's bits that need to be adapted, changed. I mean, I've been doing this all on my own, but working with an editor, professionals, um, you know, there's an editorial committee that's um, being set up. And then there's also the picture editing, getting all the right pictures and stuff like that. Cause it's going to be very, very, you know, fully illustrated. And um, it'll be presented in a three-volume work in a slipcase, um, and it won't be available online, not for 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 several years, um, for obvious reasons. Um, so that's what our plan is, and and Angus is really kind of I'll hand over to Angus now because he's really kind of thank God running the project because he's a lot more um, you know kind of seems to be better at doing these things than me. <laughs> hey, uh, just before you go on too, but you're probably looking for material, photographic material, et cetera. Um, totally. Totally we will be. And, you know, mm -hmm. there are any people who are listening to this who have got, you know, some really great old photographs or things that are really fascinating would like to have a look at them because it's going to be a highly illustrated book. And this is something I really wanted to have. Mm -hmm. So there's a story in itself. So aside from my writing, you know, there's a photographic essay that's happening. So, and it can tell lots of things that I might not have written. Um, but, you know, obviously we can't put everything in. I think we've got something like we can put in, I think about 250 to 300 illustrations in the book. So it's quite it's quite quite a lot. The, the third volume I'm hoping will be more of an art book. Um, so there'll be more pictures in the third book than in the, in the first two. Excellent. Do you do you have enough um, funding to get it out, or are you still looking for partners? Um, well, we're still tell us about that process. Well, we're still in the process of of doing that, but I think we're we're over the hump because um, you know the main part, which is the editorial and getting it ready for um, publication, is fine. And so we'll start pre-selling, and, and there's quite a few others, um, you know, kind of people who are, um, you know, who will probably come. So I'm pretty confident that we'll we'll raise more um, over the next um, weeks, um, not even months. I think we'll be pretty right, um, and then we'll go through a pre-sell, um, you know, kind of thing. So all our budgets are based on producing seven and a half thousand books, but the main main prize for me is getting it published. So I don't, you know, I, I think ultimately, you know, it makes more sense to pr produce a lot of those books, but you know, the main cost is actually in the printing, and so the 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 thing that's that that really needs to be covered was the editorial and you know the risk that's associated with that because it's quite a lot of money just to fork out on your own. So um, and so we've had some great people. I mean, some great people who who've come, um, you know, immediately. Um, you know, the Western Australians are, are brilliant and have been fantastic. And you know, we'll we'll just can you know kind of roll it out. And to be honest, we you know we've 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 basically um, raised two hundred thousand dollars on on twenty two emails. Wow. Right. 
Congratulations. So, you know, so it gives you an idea of, um, you know, it also shows you a lot about our industry as well and everything like that. And I think that's one of the reasons why, you know, I'm really I'm really keen to do this properly, you know, that that it really does reflect what we are as a country, because as a wine making country, you know, it's it's brilliant. It's the, the story is brilliant. And people have forgotten how wonderful it is and how wonderful the people you know, were, you know, and their ambitions and everything. And we we live in this woke, you know, kind of thing. There was a thing in the Australian about slaveholders. And it's true, there's some pretty awful things. And that's in the book, um, you know, and a few thing, other things. But basically, the story is very romantic and probably one of the greatest wine stories um, around. You know, if anyone thinks that Australia is a new country and, and you know that it hasn't done its time. It's, it's not. That's not true. You know, Australia, like France, like America, and everything, the modern wine industries began in the 1860s. And um, if you look at it from that perspective, we all started on a very similar, um, you know, similar beginnings. And the Australian story is just absolutely wonderful. And there was a stage, you know, when, you know, Australia was, was seen that was going to be the France, the Southern Hemisphere. And if you remember with all the phylloxera and stuff like that, the Australian Burgundy market was extraordinary. And the investments that were going into vineyards and stuff like this was remarkable in South Australia and uh, up in uh, Northeast Victoria. But of course, Veloxra um, created havoc uh, in Victoria, and it was the vision of um, politicians and wine growers um, that managed to keep Veloxra out. And, you know, amongst those is William Patrick Ault, who, as a young man, was um, was up on a murder charge for having having, um, you know, kind of killed an Aboriginal up on an expedition up in Northern Territory. So, you know, there's, there, it's very complicated, but I think that this, um, this history, you know, you can dip into it and dip out of it. That's the whole idea. Uh, and I just hope that it will add and, and assist the wine industry in getting, uh, getting out and, 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 and um, being successful for the next generations. Fascinating. Angus, so, we're just in the last few minutes here. Yeah. Would you like to just say a few words about Yes, please, yeah. Look, I think, I mean, and our aspirate, you know, we've, Andrew and I put together really, uh, let's call it a very innovative business model to get this going because we were quite convinced that a large publisher would not give it the attention that we will give this. And, mm. and you know, we obviously know what's happening with China and, and plenty of other challenges, climate change, et cetera. We need to get this out as soon as possible. We couldn't have it sitting on a publisher's desk for three or four years gathering dust. So that's why we've gone and, and done this all ourselves. Someone, some people will probably call us foolhardy. Um, but I think, you know, we want, we genuinely want to sell as many of these books to get them out there, to get people reading them. I, you know, we've, the business model we've created will allow wineries to buy books and sell them to their customer base with their own branding, you know, on the book and make 40 On the slips cases, the yeah. Yeah. So we're, we've really. Yeah, I think we, I'll just, sorry, Angus, I'll just repeat that. They'll make 40% at the same time. Basically, yeah. That's yeah. how, that's how we, we've set it up. I want all the I want all the wineries who are in here to buy 100 copies and give it to their best customers and so or, or sell it to their best customers say look this is where we fit in a in a in a narrative of wine um so we you know we're very hopeful that those direct sales to wineries um will will get the story out there we'll get them talking about it and and we'll get those books out there we are we planning on creating a foundation afterwards that will take the profits 
from this project, um, the Australian Ark Foundation, and um, including, and we'll, that will own the copyrights as well. So a really important piece of this whole project is it's not just about the book, it's about having a long-term fine wine legacy for Australian wine. Perfect. That's a that's a great point to end on, I think, Angus. And, and Andrew? Uh, yeah, I want to end with um, my order for an advanced copy. <laughs> so you know how much please, it's going to cost you then. Yeah. <laughs> uh, credit card number. <laughs> the most expensive book you've ever bought, Darren. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'd be surprised if it is, actually. But... Um, Yes, uh, I, congratulations, and I am really looking forward to it. I'm passionately hoping to see a couple of excerpts before it comes out, so that I've got something to uh, something to slake my thirst for this book, and uh, look forward to seeing it. Yeah, that's that's Andrew and Angus. Thank you very much for your time again. Pleasure. Yeah, we've, we've gone over time here, but uh, I think uh, it was a very fascinating conversation to have. So, really appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you very much. Happy Christmas. Thank you both. Uh, thanks for joining us again for Aussie Wine Chat. I'm Darren Ohenke. You can find me on hydroconsulting.com.au and on Twitter at Darren Ohenke. And I'm Simon West. You can find me at fullglass.com.au.